0: Hey, y'all, thank you so much for tuning in to this message. We hope that it speaks to your life. And if you have questions, please contact us. You can contact us on the website at thousandhillsranchchurch.com or thousandhillsranchchurch at yahoo.com. And then you can also call us at 580-216-6427. And may God use this message to change your life. Well, for the last few weeks, we've been talking about, and I started a series called, what a tool. What a tool. Um, now, how many of you guys have ever been called a tool? <laughs> Anybody ever been called a tool? Yes, I've been called a tool. Um, and you say, well, what's a tool like uh, in that sense? Well, if you're called a tool, then you're probably the guy that just tries to fit in and does whatever he can to, to be cool or whatever. And all of it probably stems from being, you know, feeling unworthy. Um, if you've ever had a friend who is the first one, again, to jump off a cliff at the lake, it's like, yeah, I'll do that. You know, that's the tool in your group. The, the one where you go, hey, we should invite him because he's going to pay for the gas, right? Because he wants to be friends with us. That's the tool. And you think, well, what's the point of that? Well, here's the thing. I want us to look at, and we've been looking at for the past few weeks, how we can go from feeling useless like a tool, feeling like we're unworthy, to being a true tool That God can use. You get it? You got it? Well, one of the greatest tools that the Lord ever gave a cowboy is he gave us a horse. Um, How many of you guys own horses? Anybody own horses? Yeah, lots of you guys own horses. Well, I believe that the greatest tool that God has given a cowboy or a cowgirl, or even if you're just a pleasure rider or a show person or whatever, God's greatest tool to the cowboy is the horse, right? I mean, a horse sees things that you don't see. When you go to look for cows or a stray or a bull that got out, they see him probably sometimes before you do. If you cross a, uh, you know, a hole or something, typically if you've got a good horse, they're looking around, they know where their feet are, and they're going to jump the hole or get you out of trouble, right? I mean, horses are the best. I love the smell of horses. I love the smell of the poop of the horses, I mean, I'm serious. I can walk into a barn and just sit there. If they had a candle that smelled like horse, man, I'd buy it all day long. So some of you ladies that create candles, please go take the DNA off your horse and create a candle that, I don't know if that'll work. Get it out of the comb (laughs) and your comb, your brush from your horse. But anyways, I love horses, but here's the truth. There are two types of horses, all right? Two types of horses. You've got the using horses. The show type horses, or the you know the horses that you know that you can win on, the horses that you can rope on, the horses that you can um, that you can raise your kids on, and that you can raise your grandkids on, and they make a huge difference in your life. I mean, when they die, it's like a family member died because you just have that special bond with that horse. Then you got the other type of horse, who the, uh, the only use that horse has is dog food. Can I get an amen? I mean, seriously, there are some horses that are bred to be dumb. There are some horses that are, you know, maybe uh, injured or whatever. And again, I'm not saying I'm trying to be mean, but I believe in the slaughter. Uh, I believe in the slaughtering of horses because I believe it makes our horse population better not worse and when you don't have a slaughter and I'm being a politician now am I (laughs) sorry about that but this is what I believe if you don't have a slaughter uh if you have a slaughter ban in the United States guess what they still ship them to Mexico and they slaughter them even worse so study up on that but here's the here's the truth you have the using horse and then you have the not so useful horse Uh, the horse that ends up on the plates of people in France it's a delicacy believe me it really is Um, And so you got two types of horses. But here's the thing. Both of those horses are useful. I want you to hear this. Both of them are useful. I mean, one makes a huge impact and you love it and you give, you know, your life for it and you pay bunches for it or, you know, you raise it and you start it and you love it. But then there's the other one and the other one's still useful because it puts meat on the plate of some people. It feeds dogs. It feeds, you know, again, circus animals or wherever it goes. Listen, they're both useful. They're both useful. And can I just say this? When it comes to us as humans, guess what? God uses all of us. Now, listen, God uses all of us. Whether you're a Christian or whether you're not a Christian, everyone is used. But here's the truth. The one thing that determines whether you are used for a useful tool or an unuseful tool is one thing. And the answer is this. We have a choice. I have a choice on whether I'm going to be a useful tool that I can be used to make a difference. Or I I have a choice on whether I'm going to be a useless tool and not make much of a difference. Um, the Bible gives us a great example of a group of people that had a choice. Now, I want you to hear this. Joshua was a great leader in the Bible. You had Moses, who led the people, and, and, and the people of Israel, the Israelites, he led them out of Egypt, right? They were enslaved in Egypt. He led them out of Egypt, and then he leads them out. And he, remember, they cross the Red Sea. They do all that stuff. Well, Moses dies, and guess who takes over? <clears throat> you can say it, I just said it, Joshua, right, Joshua, a great leader, again, Joshua becomes the leader, but here's the thing, the Israelites, I mean, again, God's chosen people, God's people that he chose to love him and serve him, guess what, they turned from God, they say, we don't want anything to do with God, um, they were in the wilderness, and they hated it, and they, they turned from God, but in this passage, and we're fixing to read it, God, or Je- Joseph calls, off, Joseph, Joshua. I'm going to get that confused all day now. <clears throat> Joshua has called all the tribes of Israel together. And, and this is what he says to them. He says, your forefathers worshiped these other little G gods, right? Little G because they're not real. He, they worshiped all these little G gods. They, they, they were, you know, they were saved by the Lord, but they didn't really truly believe in the, the true one God. And this is what he says. Now you have a choice. Listen to it. Joshua 24. It says, so fear the Lord and serve him wholeheartedly. Put away forever the idols of your ancestors uh, that your ancestors worshipped when they lived beyond the Euphrates River in Egypt, and serve the Lord alone. But if you refuse, listen to this. I know that train's loud. Don't you love the train? I mean, God bless it. Listen to verse fifteen. But if you if you refuse to serve the Lord, listen to this, then choose today whom you will serve. Would you prefer the the gods, little g gods, your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates, which is a river, or will you be, or will it be the gods of the Amorites in those uh, land you now live? But listen to what Josh, or, Joseph, or Joshua says. <laughs> but as for me and my family, we will serve. The Lord. We will serve the Lord. Let's pray together. Ask God to bless the rest of our time. Lord, I I pray that as we open up this passage, that you would just reveal to us who we've chosen to serve. Because the truth is, it's our choice. You haven't made us. We're not robots. Uh, You don't force us. You give us a choice whether we're going to love you or reject you. And so, Lord, today, may somebody in this room realize that maybe they're on the wrong team. Maybe they're on the, the team of the, the deception and the devil and things that, that, are, that are dark, and they need to be on the team that sheds light and loves and is acceptable. And so, Lord, just speak to our hearts today. It's in your name I pray. Amen. All right. So back to Joshua, right? Joshua, he's there, and he says to his, his group of people, he says, hey, you guys have a choice. You can worship these idols, these little G gods, or you can worship the one true God. And Joshua says, you know what? For me and my family, we're going to serve the Lord. And Joshua chooses to serve the Lord. Well, here's the truth. And this is what I want you to get out of today. I believe that God is asking us the same question that Joshua asked the people. You know what that question is? Who are you going to serve? Who are you Going to serve. Unlike the horse who doesn't have a choice on whether he's dog food or whether he's loved by the family, we have a choice. And listen to this. This is what I want you to get. As a, a, your choice determines the way that God uses you. Because remember, everyone, whether you're a Christian, whether you love God or not, is used. Everyone. God uses everyone not just those that believe in him, but here's the thing, your choice determines the way that God uses you, and you say, okay, but what are my choices? I'm going to give you two, and I'm done, okay? Do you guys love it when I say that? I mean, as a preacher, I look out, and I think, and and this is what I think in my mind, and hopefully you appreciate this, maybe you don't. If I can't say what I need to say in about 20 minutes, then I don't need to be talking. Can I get an amen? I mean, it's okay. So again, that's why I always say, I got two points and I'm done. Because I think it helps people go, ah, yes, the preacher's going to shut up in about 20 minutes. Two choices I believe that we have. Number one is this. We can choose to be used by God as his enemy. (laughs) Again, It's not what God chooses for us. It's what we choose for ourselves. We can choose to be used by God as his enemy. Does anybody ever have, do you have any enemies? Anybody? Come on now, it's okay. I mean, we all have somebody that doesn't like us, right? I mean, if you think about movies like cowboy movies, I love Western movies. You think about there's always an enemy, right? I mean, it just makes for a good plot. I mean, you think about the movie Tombstone, which is the greatest movie ever made. You had Wyatt and his brothers, the Earps, right? And then you had the, the cowboy gang, the Cowboys with Ike Clanton, Billy, you know, Curly Bill or whatever his name was, a Ringo member, Ringo, uh, Johnny Ringo. Those are the cool, I love that movie. And then the Hatfields and the, the McCoys. You got to have an enemy, right? Well, I had an enemy in junior high <laughs> and I've never had one since. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I had, a, I had an enemy in junior high, and his name was Tommy Strickland. You know what? I was in eighth grade, junior high, eighth grade. He was the biggest kid in our class. I mean, everybody just thought Tommy was the man. I mean, he was probably like six foot tall in eighth grade, and he probably weighed like 185. I mean, that's huge in eighth grade. Well, here's what Tommy decided he wanted to do. He walked down the street, or not the streets, the hallways of our school, and guess what he did? He de-pantsed girls. They would walk around with their little wind shorts on, and he'd walk up and go, "woo," and he thought that was cool. Now, I'm not going to ask if you've ever depanced a girl, so (laughs) that's not something you want to raise your hand about. Um, But here's the thing. Tommy thought that was cool. And uh, as, a, as a, uh, a kid who was raised by a mother and a father who taught me respect and taught me how to take care of women and, and to, to, you know, respect them and honor them, I thought that was wrong. So here's what I decided. I told all the girls, I said, hey, girls, I'm going to beat the fool out of Tommy Strickland. Now, this isn't a lesson to go f- fight, okay? So all you kids, just take this as learn from Bo. Don't do what Bo did, okay? So I told all these girls, I said, hey, girls, we're gonna, I'm going to beat the fool out of Tommy, I'm going to do it at recess. Remember recess? <laughs> and so here's the thing. We're at we're at recess. We're in the parking lot. We're playing 21 basketball. Anybody know what 21 is? Yes. First one of 21 wins kind of deal. We're playing 21 and me and Tommy are, are playing basketball and all the girls are lined up on the curb. I'm like, yes. So all the girls are lined up on the curb and here I am and I'm you know, I'm strutting my stuff. I got a T-shirt on. I'll never forget what it said on it. It said, Gold's Gym. <laughs> I think I wore it that day to make me look bigger because it was like, Jim, and it had these muscle guy on there. But anyways, I, so we get out, from we get out and we're playing 21, and we're underneath the goal, and I walk up to him, and he walks up to me, and I'll never forget what he says. He goes, what are you waiting on? <clears throat> and I said, what are you waiting on? <laughs> And then all of a sudden, I'll never forget it. All of a sudden, he reached out. He had long arms. He reached out, and he reached for me. And I don't know if he was going to try to knee me or do something stupid. But he reached out, and he grabbed a hold of my shirt. And when he did, all I did was I just pulled my arms forward like this, and he pulled my shirt off. So here I am, like, I may weigh, like, 86 pounds. And I've got my shirt off now, and all the girls are on the curb, Right? And so here's what happened, and I'm not bragging, but I thought I was tough. My dad taught me to hit first and hit hard. I don't know if your dad taught you that, but my dad reneged on that later after I got into a fight. (laughs) Anyways, so, so, so Tommy, he grabs my shirt, and when he does, he grabs it, and he goes, he reaches back, and he reaches back to throw it on the ground. Well, when he does, he comes right back around, and I just right in the face, and he goes to the ground. I feel like David and Goliath, and I jump on top of Tommy, and I'm trying, I I mean, we were wrestlers, so we were used to physical contact. He was a basketball player. he, He didn't know what physical contact was. No offense, basketball players, but anyways, he was on the ground, so I jump on him, and you know, I'm trying to fight with him, and he's got a hold of me, and we're just kind of doing this whole deal, and then Coach Tipton, who was the coach, comes and grabs and pulls me off of Tommy. Now, here's the thing. I'm not telling you to fight, but here's the thing. Tommy was used to to help me to know what to stand up for. Tommy was used to help me get the girls. Amen. (laughs) But here's the thing. He was the enemy, but God still used him in my life. I still remember that. And I still remember how God said, Bo, you're not to stand for things that are not honorable. And he used Tommy to teach me that. He, and, and again, Tommy and I, we made up and he wanted to be friends after that. And I got all those, you know, people would sign my yearbook. You're the toughest guy in junior high. Good luck next year, you know. And so anyways, Tommy was the enemy, but God still used him, right? I mean, God still used him to teach me something. And you say, well, who are the enemies of God? Here's the truth. Anybody that's not with him. If you're not for him, you're against him. Look at Matthew 12, 30. Anyone who isn't with me, Jesus is talking, opposes me. And anyone who isn't working with me is actually working against me. Do you realize that God uses the enemies that hate him? He does. You know, back in the day when Joshua was around, guess who was the leader of the Egyptians? His name was Pharaoh, right? Right? Pharaoh was the man. Pharaoh was the ultimate authority. No one talked to Pharaoh unless they were asked to talk to Pharaoh. Pharaoh was, he called himself a god. That's how powerful he was. I mean, he was the leader. He was the most powerful man in the country, in the nation. No one was more powerful than him. And he enslaved, again, the Israelites for years. But here's what God did. God said, hey, Moses, Moses, I want you to go to Pharaoh, and I want you to say, let my people go. Remember that? Let my people go. And and guess what Moses did? Moses went, and he said, let my people go. And guess what Pharaoh did? He goes, heck no. He said, you know what? I'm not going to let them go. Guess what God did? God sent all these plagues... I mean, plague after plague, sores, you know, killing, you know, their animals. I mean, all these plagues, frogs, locusts, whatever it was, I can't remember all, but there was 10 plagues that God sent on Pharaoh and his people. And guess what Pharaoh said for the first four or five or six or eight or nine? No, I'm not letting your people go. So here's what God said. And listen to this. Look at this scripture. Exodus chapter nine, God says to Pharaoh, he says this, but I have raised you up for this very purpose that I might show you my power and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. Do you see what God's saying to Pharaoh, his enemy? He says, guess what? I've brought you up so that I can overcome you. And you say, well, okay, well, you know, why did God do that? I mean, God's supposed to be a loving God. I mean, why would he raise somebody up to overcome him? Listen, get this. God gave him time after time to accept him he said, hey, Pharaoh, come to me, worship me, let my people go, and we're good. But Pharaoh goes, no, 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 no. I'm not going to do it. So again, Pharaoh, listen, Pharaoh chose to reject God. It wasn't God saying, hey, you're a jerk, and I hate you, and you better get, you know, get back, because you know I'm God. No, he said he Pharaoh, come to me. I love you. I want you to. I want you to worship me. And Pharaoh said, No, I'm not going to do it. So guess what God did? God used Pharaoh. Guess what God did? God overcame Pharaoh. Remember the story? <clears throat> the Israelites flee. Pharaoh runs after the Israelites, and guess what Pharaoh's people? Guess what happened to Pharaoh's people? They were drowned in the Red Sea. All of them died. Pharaoh was taken off his throne. So listen, here's the the point that I want you to get. God uses his enemies, but you don't want to be used as an enemy because God's going to overpower you. Now here's the truth, and I want you to get this. A lot of preachers would say, yeah, those enemies, you know, they're jerks. We hate them. Now listen, at Thousand Hills Ranch Church, guess what? Enemies are welcome in this church. Can I get a bigger amen on that? People that don't know Jesus, that maybe hate Jesus, that maybe don't um, like the preacher, that maybe have scars from maybe a past experience, people that have questions about the church or about Christ, guess what? They are welcome in this church. See, this is where a lot of churches get it wrong. They go, oh, they hate us. We're going to just, you know, yeah, you know, I mean, they're just like, you know, get rid of them. Let's, you know, get, and, and listen, we will fight injustice and we will stand up for what's right and not cower to the enemy. But listen, here's the truth. Everyone in this church, whether they know Christ or not, has been an enemy of God. Before I got saved, guess what I was? an enemy of God. Before you got saved, guess what you were? You were an enemy of God. And guess what Jesus tells us to do to our enemies? Love them. We're to love them. Matthew 5, but I tell you, love your enemies. And so if you're an enemy of God and you hate church and you maybe are bitter because someone ticked you off in the bathroom at church, listen, <laughs> I love you. And I'm glad that you're at our church. And if anybody listens to this on the internet, listen, we love you. If you're an enemy, if you, if you want to, um, if you have questions, again, you hate God, this is the church for you. We will speak truth into your life, but we will do it in love because that's what Jesus does for us. And so we're no better than you. We've just been saved by the grace of God. Amen? So you can choose to be an enemy of God and you can be used as the enemy. Number two is this and I'm done. We can choose, listen, we can choose to be used by God as his children. Love my children. Love them with all my heart. Would die for my children. I want to be a child of God because you know why? He loves me and he's going he's to bless me. Back to Joshua he asked his people, he said, hey guys, listen, who are you going to serve? Who are you going to serve? The little g-gods or are you going to serve the real one true God? And listen to their answer in Joshua 24. The people replied, who would or they, they replied, we would never abandon the Lord and serve other gods. For the Lord our God is the one who rescued us and our ancestors from slavery in the land of Egypt. He performed mighty miracles before our very eyes as we traveled through the wilderness among our our enemies, he he preserved us. It was the Lord who drove out the Amorites and the other nations living here in this land. We too will serve the Lord for he alone is the only God. He alone is God. So you get it? I mean, here's Joshua. He says, I'm going to serve the Lord and my family's going to serve the Lord. And then his people say, we're going to serve the Lord too. Listen, and again, you think, well, you know, God, he knows everything and he does, but he still gives us a choice. You can serve him as, I mean, you can, he can use you as an enemy or he can use you as a child. If we are going to be used in great and exciting ways, if we're going to make an impact in this world, like that good horse makes a real impact, then we must choose to follow God. We must choose to surrender our lives to him. We must choose to obey him. It's a choice. And listen, can I, I had a great conversation with my brother. And I'm going to do a whole series on my brother. <laughs> He's going to love it. But I've learned a lot from my brother. Uh, my brother, um, he believes in God. Uh, doesn't believe in Jesus. Doesn't really like anything about the church, just so you know. But, he, but, he, but he's taught me a lot, and that's why I love him. Um, but, here, but, it, but here's the thing, and I'll get to that series later. We've got to choose to, to, to love God. My brother maybe hasn't made that choice yet, um, but here's the thing. I love him anyways, um, but he has that choice. Um, but here's the thing. Sadly, even in the church, even in the church people that profess to know Jesus, they don't they're not being used by him. I mean they they and you say well, why aren't they useful for the Lord? Why aren't people that come to church every Sunday? Why aren't they useful for the Lord? Well, here's the truth. A lot of them profess Jesus, but they don't live it out. They choose to sin rather than obey, and they're not useful to the Lord. Um, you know, and, and much of the things that God wants to teach them and show them and bless them with, they are, God withholds from them because they're choosing to sin rather than obey Him. I want you to look at Second Timothy chapter two, and I'm done. Now, now look at this. Now, in a great house, which in this in this scripture is talking about the church, which again is us. Now, in a great house, there are there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some are honorably used; some are dishonorable. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as wholly useful to the master, which is God of the house, ready for every good work. Do you see what he's saying? I mean, Paul's writing this, one of the greatest writers of the Bible, and he's saying there are useful tools and there are not so useful tools. Most of the useful tools are pure like gold, is what he says, and they're honorable. The not so useful tools are dishonorable and they're like wood that molds and rots. And you know what that's saying about us? Here's what it says. The more pure that we live, the more that we honor God, the holier and the righter we live, we will be used more of God. We'll be used more of God. This verse shows us that if we will choose to daily accept the cleansing of God, because we screw up daily. Listen, God will use us. He doesn't say, hey, you act better and I'll love you. You do more and I'll love you. No, listen, God loves the world and he loves the sinner who doesn't know Jesus just just as much as he loves the preacher. Do you hear that? I mean, some people want to say, you're telling me to act right and be good so that God will love me more. No, God loves you just the same. But here's the thing. If you're going to be used by God, then you have to live for God. If you're going to be used in the great ways, then you have to live for him. You're going to be used no matter what, but it's your choice on what way you're going to be used. And so again, maybe you're here today and you're thinking, well, Bo, what do I do? What do I do? You make the choice. Are you going to be an enemy of God forever? Or are you going to make the choice to turn to him and to allow him to work in your life and to use you? I want to, I want to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes. <clears throat> How will you be used by God? That's the question. Are, are you currently an enemy of God? And you say, well, I don't hate God. I mean, I actually believe in God. Um, but is the truth about your life, have you, have you surrendered your life to his son, Jesus? Because that's what makes you on the team or not on the team. I mean, is God going to use you and your rebellion to make an example out of you? Or is he going to use you and your life that's pure and holy to do great things? Maybe you're here today and you're saying, Bo, how do I stop being an enemy of God and become his child? Here's my answer. You give your life to Jesus Christ. You say, I don't know what that means. Listen, it's, it's, it's not that difficult. God demonstrated his love toward us by sending his son Jesus Christ to die on the cross so that you could have eternal life in heaven. But here's what he asked you to do. He asks you to choose him. He's not going to go, hey, Bo, I'm making you today love me. No, he says Bo guess what sent my son Jesus to die for you and I'm giving you a choice you can either love him or you can reject him you can either love him and turn to him and accept him into your life and ask him to forgive you of your past and live for him daily reading his word praying and just serving him or you can reject him and you can pay an eternity forever in a place that you don't want to go but again it's your choice Maybe you're a Christian here today, and you you profess to know Jesus, but you're not very useful to him because you choose daily to walk against him. You choose daily to say no to his word, and you live in sin rather than living for him. Guess what? God's going to use you, but he may use you by overpowering you. Does he love you? Absolutely. Absolutely. Does he want you to know him personally? Absolutely. But you have a choice. And so listen, are you going to be a useless tool or are you going to be a useful tool? Right there in your seat. How many of you guys, nobody's looking around. I'm not going to call anybody to the front, but how many of you guys would say, you know what, Bo? I want to be a useful tool for the Lord. How many of you guys would just raise your hand and say that? Nobody's looking around. We're not going to point you out. But you just say, you know, Bo, I want to be a useful tool for the Lord. Thank you. All across the room. How many of you guys would say, Bo, you know what? I really don't know how to be a useful tool. I've never been really taught how to be a useful tool. How many of you guys would raise your hand and say, you Bo, that's me. I've never really been taught how to be a useful tool. Yeah, you can raise your hand. That's good. Thank you for admitting that. Can I just tell you all of those that raised your hand just now and said, I don't know how. This church is for you. That's why we created this church. It's not for the church people. It's not for the people that were raised in church all their lives and know everything about the Bible. This church was, was built and raised up and planted so that you could come to know Christ and know that he is, ex, he is accessible to you. And so listen, don't feel like a jerk because you don't know Jesus you know, all that well. Just surrender your life to him daily. Read his word daily, and he will grow you into a useful tool for him. And so maybe that's you. Here's what I want to do. I want to close this in a word of prayer. And again, maybe you're here today and you have questions. We have answers. We don't know everything, but we know where to find the answers, and that's in his word. And so maybe, maybe you're here today and you have questions. Here's what we ask you to do. Fill out the orange sheet or, you know, just put your name and your cell number on there or your name and your email or whatever you want to put on there. Fill it out. Place it in one of these yellow buckets as you leave, and we will contact you. Here's another way that you can do it. You don't want to fill anything out. Text your name to the number on the screen. Just your name. You don't have to text your questions unless you just want to. Text your name to the number on the screen, and we will contact you. It's that simple. We're not going to point you out. We're not going to ask you to come to the front. Just text your name and we'll contact you. Listen, Jesus Christ wants a personal relationship with everybody. Not just pure people, not just church people. He wants a relationship with everybody. But it's your choice. Lord, I come to you right now and I thank you for everybody that's here today. I thank you for the enemies that are here today. I thank you for the The supporters that are here today. I thank you for the believers that are here today, and I thank you for the non-believers. And Lord, I pray today that people in this room that are enemies of you, that maybe haven't served you, that maybe haven't surrendered to you, that they would become a child of God rather than an enemy of God, and that you would use them in amazing ways. And may they make that public to us, not so that we can put them on a record, but so that we can grow them so that we can teach them, so that we can serve with them, so that we can fight the good fight for them and with them. And so, Lord, may it be said today that someone gave their lives that changed from an enemy to a child today. And Lord, for us as Christians, may we be useful for you, not useless. May we choose to obey. It's in your holy name I pray. Amen. Again, we want to thank you for listening to this message. And if you have questions, please contact us. We would love to visit with you. Again, Thousand Hills Ranch Church at yahoo.com. Or you can contact us by phone, 580-216-6427. And may God bless the ride you're on.